0: Do your spells fizzle? Well, learn how to make them sizzle. You're listening to Magic and the Law of Attraction with Madame Pamita, episode 57. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Madame Pamita, and you're listening once again to Magic and the Law of Attraction. The podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Welcome to episode 57 of Magic and the Law of Attraction, How to Use the Tarot for Manifestation. If you're listening to this podcast, you are probably at least a little familiar with tarot. The tarot is an amazing tool for spiritual insight and tapping into intuition. But if you're not using it for your manifesting purposes, you are missing out on half of the magic. That's right. The tarot can also be used for spells, meditation, affirmations, and manifestations. And in this episode, I'll be going over a little bit of history of the tarot and teaching you how it can be used in ways other than doing readings. Let me just drop this on you. With a simple deck of 78 cards, you have a set of powerful tools in your hands to make some amazing magic. And I'm going to teach you how. But speaking of magic and spells, before we dive in, I wanted to tell this amazing news to you. Would you like to win a free candle spell kit by me? Every month, I give away a different Beeswax Candle Spell Kit to one lucky winner. These Candle Spell Kits include everything you need to cast a beautiful candle spell. They have a Beeswax Figural Candle that we hand make. It's witchcrafted at the Parlor of Wonders. You get a spiritual oil that we also make that is aligned with your intention. You get herbs, you get complete step-by-step instructions, and more. Not only that, the winner gets to choose the color of candle. So that kind of sets the intention for your spell. Every candle can be used for money, for luck, for love. So we have different options for you. So you can pick the one that is about the topic you're most interested in. No purchase is required, and anyone anywhere in the world can enter to win this gorgeous beeswax candle spell kit. But you must be over 18. Are you convinced? Do you want a free spell kit? Well, I'll tell you how to do it. Simply go over to magicgiveaway.com and enter your email to be entered in the contest. That's all you have to do. Each month we have a new contest, so each month you got to go back over there and re-enter to be considered for this month's contest. But we do a drawing, and it, you know the odds are really good. It's not like Thousands of people that enter this. So you have a good chance of winning this prize. So I really encourage you to go to magicgiveaway.com and enter today. All right. So let's talk a little bit about tarot. Well, the history of tarot is it this mystical thing that was uh, handed down like the tablets were given to Moses, you know, on the top of Mount Sinai? No, tarot was actually invented fairly recently in sort of late Middle Ages times. Tarot was invented in Italy, and the oldest decks that we can find date from around the mid-1400s. It was a game that was called Triomphi and later called Tarocchi. So it was just a card game. Now, you can say, well, what does that have to do with divination and magic? Well, playing cards of all kinds have been used to make predictions and used for divination probably as long as playing cards have existed. They have been used for these purposes. So to break down a little bit and help you understand what a tarot deck is, it's similar to a deck of playing cards, but with some important differences. So let's talk about those similarities and differences. Well, like a regular deck of playing cards, a tarot deck has Uh, four suits, uh, but instead of spades and clubs, hearts and diamonds, we have swords, wands, cups and pentacles, or sometimes called coins. We also have in a tarot deck ace through ten cards numbered ace through ten, just like we have ace through ten in a regular playing card deck. These are called the pips cards, ace through tens, because they have little things that you can count. And pips means basically things that you can count. We also have court cards in a tarot deck. The page, knight, queen, and king are the court cards that are sort of uh, correspond to the jack, queen, and king of our modern playing card deck. Now, there are some important differences with a tarot deck. One big, big, big important difference is that there is an additional section of the tarot that doesn't exist in a playing card deck. And those 22 additional cards are numbered 0 through 21, and they have names such as the Fool, the Sun, Death, the Star, the Wheel of Fortune, and so on. These cards also depict scenes. So if we look at those old, old, old tarot decks, they'll have A section the minor arcana we would call it now that are just sort of like our regular playing cards and then they have this special section the major arcana that have these beautiful images very deeply symbolic um, very rich archetypal images on these 22 cards now when we look at these old tarot decks from the 1400s most of these decks have pip cards just like playing cards. They would show four. Um, they would show four batons or seven coins, and they would just show them on a card, just like we see, kind of you know stylized, but nothing that tells a story. However, there was a deck called the Sola Busca that dates from the late 1400s, and it was very unique as far as Taroki decks went at that time it had images on all of the cards. Even the Pips cards had images that included, for example, the three swords or the four wands or whatever it was, but there would be some image that would tie them all in. This was a big innovation, but it was an interesting one because only the Sola busca had these images across all of the cards in the deck. It wasn't until the early 1900s that Pamela Coleman Smith, along with Alfred E. Waite, A.E. Waite, saw images of the Sola busca in a museum in London, and it inspired them to create the Rider Waite Smith deck, which is only the second deck of the tarot ever created that had images on all of the cards. And it was, an, it was probably, if not the first, it was certainly one of the earliest ones that was developed not to play the game of Taroki, but purely for divination. The Rider-Waite-Smith, you're like, well, so what? But the Rider-Waite-Smith deck is responsible for most of the tarot decks that you see today that have images on all of the cards. If you have a tarot deck that has scenes pictures images and archetypes across the cards it is influenced by this deck that was created in early 1900s early 1900s so what does that mean for us well we use tarot decks to do readings to gain information to open up our insight um, look within get downloads from spirit or what have you. But we can also use the deck in a more projective way. So rather receptive, when we we get a divination tool, we're receiving information. But the tarot can be used projectively for magic. That's a big thing that many people never think of and never do. But once you start thinking in this way, it's transformative in how you use your deck. Why do we want to have this beautiful deck of 78 deeply symbolic magical images that can not only be interpreted, but can be used as in 78 individual tools for magic? What's the point? Magical tools are important. If you've always, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say many, many times that a really adept magician, all they need is focus to get them to create a manifestation, right? If you're 100% laser focused without wavering on the topic that you're thinking about, you can manifest that thing. But what do we all do? We focus and then we get fearful or we get questioning or we start doing things that you know, may have an an influence that pulls us back from that focus. That's where magical tools come in. And when I talk about magical tools, I mean all magical tools, whether it's um, a wand, a candle, a sachet powder, an oil, or a tarot deck. All of these magical tools help us to focus our intention and keep the energy going, even if we get a little wobbly. When you have a tarot deck, you have 78 tools. That's quite a bargain. A pa- you know, a deck of cards or, you know, a tarot deck can be, you know, kind of pricey. $25, $30, 40 dollars and up. But when you think about it as 78 tools, it looks like a bargain, right? These magical tools have the ability to focus our intention when we use them ritually. And I'm going to show you how to use them ritually. um, We can then use that focus to support the outcome of our thoughts and our intention. All right. So we are using it as a support. It's like having your friends with you. When you walk into a party, your friend is going to be your tarot card. Now, if you have a deck that you use for readings, I think that It's good to keep that deck just for readings, because when you start working with cards magically, you start pulling single cards out and they can get lost. You might manipulate them in some way and they could get bent or, or, you know, somehow ruined in some way. So if you're thinking about using tarot as a magical tool, I recommend that you have your tarot deck that you use for your tarot readings and you keep that one together. You can get an inexpensive deck um, or maybe you have a deck that's missing a few cards or the cards have gotten bent. Over the years and you're not really wanting to throw it out you've put so much energy into it so this is a great way that you can use it magically if you don't even have a second deck that's okay you can get images of the tarot off a computer off the internet and print them out and use them in these spells so this is like magic that costs pennies and is such a fun and unique way of working so I'm going to share with you some of my favorite ways to work with a tarot card in a spell. All right? So get your pens out, your notebook, because you're going to want to write these down. The first one that I love to do is to carry a card with you. I love the idea of carrying an image from the tarot with us. Now, when I say carrying it with you, it could be physically taking a card out of a deck or using a printout out of a computer, but it could also be finding an image on the internet and using that as your home screen on your phone. That's another way to carry the card with you. Carrying the card with you can bring the energy of the card into your life. So for example, you can look up or you can find a card that is about the topic that you want to manifest and then carry that with you. For example, maybe you wanted to get a raise at work. So you might pick one of the cards that's in the pentacles because those have to do with money. They're gold coins that they're holding. Maybe you want the six of pentacles with the rich person, the rich man, giving the poorer people some gold, like giving them gold coins and putting them in their hands. That would be a great card to carry in your wallet when you were going to ask your boss for a raise, for example. Or maybe you want to have a new love in your life. So you pick the two of cups with the cup couple looking into each other's eyes and toasting each other with a golden goblet. That would be a fantastic one for bringing in love and so on. So when you start to know a little bit about the meanings, whether you look them up or you're already familiar with the cards, you can start to see how you can use them in your magic. So carrying your card is one of those ways. Another way that you can use uh, tarot cards for magic is to place a card on an altar. So you don't have to carry it with you. You might get an altar card stand for your altar. We sell heart shaped cast iron card stands at the parlor of wonders and then pick the card out of your deck that is in alignment with what you want to focus on, what magic you want to manifest and so on. Stick that card in the little slot on the holder and keep that on your altar. Energetically, it's going to pull in that uh, energy of what it is that you're wanting, but it's also a reminder for you every time you see it about what you're working on. I love it because both carrying it and placing it on your altar. It's a little more discreet than having a petition paper that you write out your wishes because you know what it means, but not everyone else may know what it means and you can just say, Hey, it's decoration or this is my lucky card. You don't need to explain to them what you're using it for. So it's a little secret in that way. Now, you can also use a card to charge and bless another magical item. I love this idea of using it to create and transfer energy. So for example, if you choose a card that represents like your um, wishes or your dreams or your desires, whatever those are, find the card that represents your intention and then place the item you wish to charge with that energy on top of the card. That really could be anything. It could be a piece of jewelry that you wear, it could be Crystals that you use in magic—it's a beautiful way of working and and programming your crystals. You might program, for example, or charge another item that you're using, particularly for magic, like a chalice or an athame, or um, maybe you want to charge some incense that you're using before you burn it. You could also do charge things like money. You might want to put your money on top of the tarot card for abundance, like the Ten of Pentacles, which is the card of like real blessings of abundance you could put your money out of your wallet on there and charge it for bringing in more abundance. Maybe you have some magical coins that you use or magical tools like a rune set or, um, maybe you have some other, a pendulum or something like that, that you want to give some energy. So simply place those items or that item on top of the card and leave it in a special place, like on your altar. Leave it there one night, leave it there a week, whatever you want. It's going to pick up the energy of that card and really enhance your intention. Likewise, you could use a tarot card to to bless and charge your food or drink in a very special magical way. You could select a card to represent what it is that you want, and then you could place your dish of food, your plate of food, or maybe some fruits or some vegetables or chocolates or candies or nuts or something like that, cookies or whatever on top of the card to charge and bless them with the energy of that card. Can you imagine like a magical cookie Uh, like enhanced by the energy of the sun card to bring health or the strength card to bring strength. I mean, it can be all kinds of things. When you start to think about this, you can get very, very creative with it. So you can do it with food, but likewise, you can do it with a drink. Maybe you have a cup of water that you want to imbue with a certain energy. Maybe you want to bring, um, clarity and so you put the star card down or divine connection that would be another great way you can put the glass on top of the card or you can put the card on top of the glass either way would work you can do this with more than just water it could be your coffee it could be your tea or your potion it might even be a glass of wine or an alcoholic drink or hot chocolate I mean really the, there's no limit to what you can do to charge your food or drink then once you've removed that card you drink in that energy it becomes a part of you what a gorgeous beautiful ritual to do with your tarot cards and your food or your drink I mean it really is really magical you can also use your tarot cards as a meditation focal point. Maybe you want to get into a place where you can focus just to get to the focused place where you can get some clarity or you can get some peace. Um, you might want to, for example, maybe you want to do well um, on a test. And so you think of maybe the high priestess being you know, someone who has all the wisdom and you want to bring that energy of that archetype to yourself. So you could place that card out. You could put it in a card stand like the one I mentioned before and look at it, focus on it and draw that energy in. just look at the card. Look at all the details. Focus, put on some nice meditation music as you do this. Or if you know the cards very well, this is even a no tools tool. If you know the cards very well and you're a good visualizer, you could visualize that card in your mind's eye and use that as your focal point for your meditation. What an amazing way to work, right? Now we're going to get some sneaky magic in here. Maybe you want to imbue a space or a place or a person with some of that magic of the card. So you can leave that card in a special place. Maybe you want to bring about more uh, partnership in your relationship. So you choose the lover's card, and you could put that between your mattress and your box spring, for example. Or maybe you want to feel safe and protected as you travel, and so you put the knight of swords, who's like the knight in shining armor, who's going to protect you, and you can put that in your car. So that's a great way to work on your own space. But you could also do it in public place, right? You might hide a card at work about getting a promotion, put the king a pentacle so you get that promotion or you can not hide it. You can leave, put it in a visible place like maybe um, you put a prosperity card on display um, in your business or um, next to your computer desk where you work or on your mirror as you're um, brushing your teeth. You look at that card or that image from the card and, and remind yourself what you're working on magically. You can also use a card magically by giving it to someone so you could. Openly give someone a card with an intent such as healing or love or prosperity or security or protection or whatever, or you could secretly slip it into their pocket while they leave their coat unattended, or you could hide it someplace in their home. That's another way that you can work to um, bring about magical manifestations with a tarot. Another thing that you could do, I mean, there's so many. I mean, when you start thinking about it, that gets very creative. Another thing you could do is to place a tarot card on a part of your body. Maybe you want to have like more uh, wisdom. So you put the high priestess on your forehead to invoke that wisdom and retention and memory, for example. Or you could put a card like a star card for healing on your heart or another body part chakras or whatever to bring the energy of healing to you. So you can think about that when you start to think about the meaning of the cards and what you'd like to bring to different parts of your body and give yourself some love. You can also use cards for dream work. If you want to invite a, a, a solution to a problem in a dream or you want a certain kind of dream, pick a card that represents that and put it underneath your pillow before you go to sleep and then Ask your spirits to bring you dreams that are going to help you with a solution for the problem or help you get to a certain place or manifest a certain thing. That's a great way to work. Lastly, you could use the image Uh, on a tarot card as a petition paper. So print one out from the internet and on the back of the paper, you could write your wishes or intentions just like you would on a normal petition paper. What are you working on? What are you intending? But the beauty of this is that you're adding that extra energy of this archetypal image along with your words to really empower your intention. So once you make made a petition paper, of course, you could um, put it in a charm bag, put it underneath a candle, carry it with you, hide it in place. I mean, there's all kinds of place places that you could um, work with that petition paper once you're done with it. Now, in a minute, I'm going to tell you how to use the magic of affirmations with the tarot. But before I do that, I want to share a little something that we offer here at the Parlor of Wonders. Each month, I hold a workshop on the first of the month It's called the First Sunday's Witchcraft Workshop. The first Sunday of the month, I should say. And it's called the First Sunday's Witchcraft Workshops. That series is called the First Sunday's Witchcraft Workshops. It takes place on the first Sunday of the month, uh, every first Sunday of the month, at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern. These are two hour Zoom workshops that offer deep knowledge and practice and a chance to develop your magical skills. Plus, an opportunity to ask questions and connect with me about some amazing topics. The series for 2023 starts on February 5th with my first class of the new year, Candle Magic Foundations, which is a beginning candle magic course. You will join me for a live Zoom workshop where you will learn how to create effective candle spells and also get some solid foundation so that you have candle magic success you'll learn some basic stuff that's going to really empower your spells like what is magic the power of symbol in candle spells the power of color in candle spells the power of and herbs in candle spells candle spell timing how to pick what time to start your candle spell how to make a petition paper how to choose a candle color and a basic spell candle spell format I'll also teach you what to do with your candle spell remains and how to know if your spell is working. After doing this workshop, you will feel confident in creating your own candle spells to make positive changes in your life. No magical experience is necessary and people of all spiritual paths are welcome everyone who registers will receive a recording of the class 24 hours after the workshop and this workshop costs only forty dollars spaces are limited so if you'd like to reserve your spot go to witchcraftworkshops.com and look for the first sunday's witchcraft workshops now we've got some great ones coming up for the rest of the year and i want to give you a sneak peek at that you can on march in march we'll be doing candle magic mastery which is Complex Candle Spells, building on what we learned in the beginning candle magic class. April 5th, we'll be doing uh, Ceromancy, the secrets of candle wax reading. In May, we'll be doing Capnomancy, Pyromancy, the secrets of candle smoke and flame reading. In June, we'll be learning about summer solstice magic, pagan and folk magic traditions around the world. In July, we'll be doing moon magic, working with the moon to transform your magic. In August, we'll be learning about Mastering the Pendulum for Divination, Spirit Contact, and more. In September, we'll be answering the question, Are You an Old Soul? Discovering Your Past Lives. October, we'll be doing Spiritualism and Seances, How to Contact the Spirit World. In November, we'll be doing Ligatura, The Art of Witches' Ladders and not Magic. And in December, we'll be doing Winter Solstice Magic, pagan and folk magic traditions around the world. You can sign up for all of them. You can do that right now. They're all available. The links are all live. So go ahead and check them out and register by going to witchcraftworkshops.com. All right, so let's talk about affirmations and tarot cards. Affirmations are very, very, very powerful. They are words that we say. I mean, I would say an affirmation is a spell or an incantation, but they are words that we use to create change. So we speak into being the thing that we are wanting. Affirmations are great, but affirmations can be done with our tarot cards, which brings in another supportive element to our magic. So, there's lots of ways that you can do it. First, you could choose a card at random, and then if you look and you could create an affirmation, but if you want a little sneaky shortcut, you can check out my book, Madame Pamita's Magical Tarot. And in that book, I have affirmations for each of the cards. So, you could simply choose a card at random and then look at It up in the book, Madam Pamita's Magical Tarot, look up the affirmation and use that as your affirmation of the day. You could also do it the reverse way. You could look through the affirmations in the book, find the one that you want and pull out the card and use that as you speak it. Use that card as your touch point for your affirmation. When you do an affirmation, saying it over and over again increases those new neural connections in your brain that are going to create a smooth pathway for creating what it is that you want so if you choose a card at random or if you choose one intentionally i recommend that you keep it out to remind you to say your affirmation many times during the day you could also as i mentioned before the shortcut is to go into my book and look at my affirmation that i have there but You can create your own affirmations. If you know tarot very well, or you look up the meaning in my book or another book that you like, you can create your own affirmation. What I recommend doing is speak the affirmation out loud while you're looking at yourself in the mirror. So you might wanna put your tarot card in the frame of your mirror in the bathroom. You can make copies of the card and either print them out online, or you could uh, make copies on copy machine and place the copies of the card that is your affirmation card and place it where you'll see it and be reminded of it throughout the day. When you see it, let it be a reminder to repeat the affirmation several times out loud. You could also set an alarm on your phone with the affirmation as a note on the alarm to remind yourself to repeat it throughout the day. You could take a photo of the card or find a photo online, as I mentioned before, and put it on your phone and place it as your phone's background to remind you to speak your affirmation every time you pick up your phone. I mean, don't we do that all day long Just pick up and look at our phone? This is a great way to get that reminder in there. You might also work with a friend or somebody that is supporting you in your intention and have them speak that affirmation to you. You might, lastly, a great way to work with affirmations is to start a special tarot affirmation journal write down the name of the card and write down some affirmations and intentions of what you wish to manifest based on that card. And you can do a new one each day, or you can do the same one over and over again. It's up to you and how you'd like to work. So there you have it, a ton of amazing ways that you can use the tarot for manifestation. Well, that about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. If you would like to get even more info about tarot, magic, spells, then check out the Learn page over at the Parlor of Wonders where you will find a ton of free resources including workshops, blog articles, how-to guides, how-to videos, past podcast episodes, and of course, the way to join me live over Zoom for the Magic q and Tea Party that takes place every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Just go to ParlorofWonders.com. Click on the Learn tab to see all the goodies there. I want to say thank you to all the Spell Squad members out there who have subscribed to and shared this podcast with podcast with your friends. Thank you to the fabulous folks who've left reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Those reviews are amazing and wonderful. I read them all, and I'm so grateful when I get those reviews. It really, really helps the podcast. I want to say thank you to Jill Navarre for production and engineering. Thank you to Manfred Hofer for announcing, and thank you to you for joining me, whether you're here with me live Or listening on the podcast. I'm looking forward to next episode when we'll be answering the question, how do I get started with protection magic? Until next time, this is Madame Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever.